sometimes Kylie releases terrible songs, <laughs> but you stick in it because you know she'll be a premiere again at some point. You know, her latest album is a country album. Do what you need to do, Kylie. I'm still here. I'll still be at the concert. This is Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoot. Talking to interesting people about that interesting thing that interests them. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoot. I'm Dan DeBoot. Nine episodes. I'm feeling pretty impressed with myself, to be honest. I have stuck with this for nine straight weeks and not dropped the ball yet. And this one is definitely not a ball dropper. That's an unfortunate choice of words. But I'll stick by it. The balls remain firmly in hand in this podcast. I guess that's an appropriate uh, metaphor because there are a lot of football references in this podcast. Can you tell it was recorded just after the AFL Grand Final? Go Eagles! Okay. The guest is Nath Valvo, comedian. Uh, You might know him from Melbourne International Comedy Festival. He had a great year this year with a show called Show Pony, and it actually won an award at Adelaide Fringe. He'll be pleased I mentioned that. And his gala spot at the Comedy Festival got over 2 million views. Can you tell I googled his bio? His love of Kylie Minogue is really something. It goes beyond fandom because over the course of this podcast, you're going to hear how he's met Kylie Minogue, how that happened, and why he has her actual autograph tattooed on his body. I think at multiple times, Nath actually said that it's a real joy to be able to talk this openly about his obsession, which kind of validated me a bit. That's sort of why I invented this podcast, is to sort of let these media people and celebrities and creatives and comedians and stuff have a platform to just talk about whatever the hell they want with someone who will listen. And hopefully you'll listen too. So enjoy this one. I really loved recording it. And as always, if you like it, share it with your friends or just leave some pleasant words on the iTunes store. Here's Nath Valvo. He's obsessed with Kylie Minogue. And this is Totally Obsessed with me, Dan DeBoof. Let's go, episode nine. I've spoken about it once or twice in passing in stand-up, but I don't actually speak about it at all in my comedy shows. I've touched on it here or there back in the day. Um, (laughs) I suppose for me, the obsession really is real and visceral for me, and maybe a lot of the homos my age, is because up until the late, like two, well, up until like the 2000s when Kylie released Fever, the Fever album, we can't get out of my head. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That absolute yep. banger. Kylie became real cool again. Yeah. That song made it cool to like Kylie again. And she was really hot. And all these straight men were into her. And the film clip was amazing. Mm. And she kind of became cool again. So before Can't Get You Out of My Head, if you liked Kylie, you were gay. Yeah, okay. It was... All that's all there was to it. So saying the sentence, I love Kylie, was a way to say to your parents, 
I like boys. Oh, so it's like a Friends of Dorothy type thing. 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's like telling your parents you wanted to roll a blade. So, <laughs> so, so for me, uh, it was a secret I had for so long. I was so obsessed with this woman secretly. I didn't want anyone to know because if you told them that, then they'd know that you're a gay man. Ah, okay. So for me, that's why I think it's such a funny, real, weird connection I've got with her that every time I see her live and all that kind of stuff, we all just kind of lose our mind a little bit. It's something. It's a, it's a weird connection with the gays. Something about that era, I think, is a very common link between a few of us. But like we're talking, like I used to wag days off school to go and see her do in-store appearances, signing copies of stuff. I went to a couple of her concerts secretly. <laughs> cool teenagers went and smoked weed in car parks and got high at Hoyts. <laughs> I was secretly catching trains into the city and tramming it down to the Palais to watch Kylie's intimate and live concert when I was like 16 years old. Wow. When yeah. Was the, um, I mean, if we go for your origin story, do you know the first <laughs> yes. time you what, ever... What hooked like, me in? I can like, tell you specifically. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kylie Confided Me film clip. Okay, yeah, I remember that one yeah, too. That touch. was the one where she played like, you yeah, know, there was Indie Kylie yeah, and all the, the different... Yes. Ki- and she was uh, some sort of... Uh, sex phone thing. Sex the whole phone, film yeah. clip was an ad for a late night sex hotline that you'd call. So the okay. w- words like one eight one five hundred confide uh, call me I'm white. all that stuff flashed on the screen and this is late 90s yeah about that 96 yeah. maybe 94 yeah. oh, please okay. don't fact check me guys but around no, there no, the whole purpose again of this podcast <laughs> as well is that you're obsessed not an expert thank you good so all I want is passion it's one of those <laughs> I, you know I don't care about facts this is like fake news but, writ large but <laughs> then again the passion side of me what am I doing right now I'm sorry now I have to know the yeah. year confide came out I'm sorry I'm no, gonna guess good. I'm going to guess um, 94 or 96, all right? That's all I'm going to say. Please, you can edit this bit out. Oh, no, I want to... 94! Bang! Sorry. <laughs> Look, I need to be right. How could I edit that out if you had that moment of success? <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. I would have been mortified if I got that release year wrong. And I'll edit it out and just be like, idiot, didn't even know. Back to the podcast. <laughs> Do you remember that also there was a bit in the Confided Me film clip where there was a hand that came up and it said, touch the screen. And me and my brother and my sisters used to like try and run up to the screen and touch it. Wow. Because that film clip was on high rotation on video hits. Yeah, absolutely. And Rage. Mm, That was a huge song. Yeah, it really was. Uh, And I was horny and I was confused and I was like, you know, 14 or 15 years old. And I was just like, who is this woman? Mm. I'm I'm hooked. I'm obsessed with her. This song is sick also, by the way. Yeah, it was. Absolute yeah, it was a real banger. treat. That yeah. is, uh, for those of you playing at home, it is my favourite Kylie song of all time. Cool, good you to can't, know. You can't beat it. Yeah. So it's an incredible chasing song. chasing that glory ever since. It's like my first heroin hit, you know, <laughs> chasing that dragon ever since. Uh, you know, while you're listening to this podcast, go and get that ready on your Spotify because it's mm. a sick song. Um, anyway, so I became hooked on that film clip and her and I just was remembering just becoming obsessed with this person. And then going back catalogue. Back to locomotion. Well, I, I, don't, I don't care for that stuff. Yeah. Couldn't be less interested in Kylie locomotion days, neighbours days. Yeah. It's not my thing. I should be so lucky. All that stuff. I'm not into it. I do find it fascinating that already at that point, she'd already been on such a career journey. Like you yes. speak about how she became cool in the mid 2000s. Yeah. Like 
Well, she became would... indie cool when she hooked up with Nick Cave for Where the Wild Roses exactly, Grow. Right? That got her back on Triple J. She became cool. She shaved her hair. She had like yeah. peroxide short hair. She'd just been banging Michael Hutchins. So, you know, she was like back on, she had a bit of street cred again. But, know, but super interesting. Yeah, I know. And then 2000s got her back on like the radio big time. Like, and the moment you, you find know. her or discover her, I guess would be like your sort of... Um, your, your image hook. of Kylie, the yeah. Kylie that you hold dear, and yeah. anything before you'd be like, really? Oh, like totally. Michael Hutchins and yeah, Nick yeah, Cave, yeah. and after on you'd be like, really? Gold hot pants and mm. Daft Punk, like all that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, so the you, image that you will always have in your heart and soul of Kylie is confide in me okay. era. So yeah. that real, you know, a little bit self-aware, a little bit edgy, a little bit edgy. Yeah, you know, I think the easy thing is to almost bag her music but if you're a proper pop muso head and you actually look back at her albums she's got some very good songs i mean oh, there's yeah. a couple there's a mountain of fillers but we don't talk <laughs> about them obviously like like a good comedy festival show you have probably like 20 minutes Those of gold bits. Yeah. that you'll still be doing in a in a year or two but about a half of you've got your gala spot <laughs> you know you've got that relatable bit to ease at the start yes, and you've got your big um, closer you know but... <laughs> like in any album you can probably skip track four to eight <laughs> You know, so true. You know, it? So, Open with something really strong. Have your single at song yeah. three, then just get them through to the yes. end. And anyway, I just feel that, you know, Australia's obsessed with her as a celebrity, her dating life, her neighbours. But come on, guys, like she sold 60 million albums for Christ's sake. Let's talk about that from now on. Let's talk about her discography. Is that the word they use? Yeah. Anyway. So, okay. So, so you discovered around about your sort of early teen uh, awakening years was when you discovered her. Mm. Then, I guess... At the same time discovering, I probably like boys too. So, it right. was a, so that was a happy coincidence. I th- oh, absolutely. Because the weird thing was I was, attra- I was sexually attracted to her. She was just incredibly good looking and amazingly uh, just something about it. It was such a... I it was very it's very confusing time like how confusing is that so, being so horny and confused so you found her sexually attractive even though yes. you were realizing that you were gay yeah it was it's really complicated wow, it's what a, do it's, you do with that I don't know man and I've been trying to figure that out for yeah. a while but also who's really one thing everyone's Somewhere on the Humanity scale. Is a spectrum, man. Come on, man, get on board. I mean, this is not. This is what I would say to guys when I was trying to hook up with them back in the back in the day. <laughs> if I met a hot straight guy, I'd be like, "What sexuality, man? It's a scale. Why are you not drinking this shot? I just got you." Um, so, and then yeah, it became very like all obsessions when you're a teenager, or it become it becomes very hardcore very quick. Yes. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You're in very quickly. Then it's the magazines. It's the you know, taping. Well, it had to be. That's the only point I could go to. I love those days when it was like, if you discovered a band and you thought, cool, that's the band for me, then you'd hope that they turned up in a magazine. Oh yeah. You'd have to go down and check it out. Go to the magazine. Get your video hits. through. The guy behind the counter would be like, it's not a library. I'm not (laughs) buying this unless it has a red hot chili peppers article in it. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And so the good thing for me was that she was always in the mags. They bloody loved her. So a lot of that, um, books, taping, yeah, taping the radio to get her singles, uh, taping Hey Hey, because she was on there a lot. Yep. Gosh, she's on Hey Hey more than Daryl. Yeah, you would have had this abundant <laughs> wealth of Kylie <laughs> material. Can was, you remember any of the moments? The, the in, like moments as in... Some of the in, things that you have on those VHS Oh, tapes, yeah. Like, um, the Olympics opening. 
Oh, yeah. Where she sang Dancing Queen and all that. That was in 2000, but that was a bit later. But yeah, yeah earlier, of course, there was Hey Hey ones. There was stuff from the UK that the ABC, some ABC late night, like BBC music shows she'd go on. Yeah, I remember all that. I'd tape her performances that were on, like interviews that she'd do on video hits and stuff. Like, of course, man. Come and on. How often would you watch these? Uh, a lot. But secretly, again, I was like... Okay. I couldn't tell anyone, man. <laughs> and so, like, I disguised my obsession with Kylie with my obsession with music. I, pret- I pretended it was about music in general oh, yeah. while I was getting all these mags and, and did you, you know, did listening to the radio, listening out for songs. It was listening to all songs, not just Kylie. I just love music, guys. Leave and me so alone. that was what you kind of want to project and that was your assumption, like, you know, like parents are dumb. They won't yeah. get what I'm doing. This is the the Valvo you genius. Yeah, you know? and then um, but it did, was did, surely they would have noticed. Well, they had met me, so exactly they weren't too right. surprised. Yeah. But very, I can't spe- again. Not on all behalf of all gays. Don't email me. A lot of the time, your parents know. Of course, there'd be some cases where your parents parents wouldn't know that their son or daughter is gay. But I think a lot of the time. It might not be, oh my God, we knew you were gay. It might, it, it's more a, oh, that explains everything. Yeah, yeah. We knew there was something. We're else. picking up on a vibe of something. Yeah. You know We're what I mean? We're waiting for the final puzzle piece to drop. Uh, yeah. Maybe they just think something else is going on. Yeah. So I think, yeah. They're I not, mean, yeah. Who's, have you got brothers and sisters? Yeah, brother and two sisters. So you could just imagine, like, is your brother gay? No. So you could imagine that, what's his name? Michael. So they'd be like, Michael, we, we figured him out, right? Yeah. Nate? There's going to be a surprise in the next few years. Oh, of There's course. Going to be some coming. moment. And, yeah. I, and of course, on top of all of this weird, you know, Nath hiding all this stuff, he was obviously, I was also very loud, very confident, very mm-hmm. showy, yeah. always putting on shows, impersonating yeah. all my family, doing stand up yep. from a young yep. age. So, what a handful. What a nightmare. <laughs> Mum, Dad, I'm gay. Oh, thank God. We thought you were going to say you wanted to be a comedian. Well, you know, I have, you know, the, the dream came true. You know, I did actually meet her and interviewed her, right? You know, that oh, happened, right? I, I, That's the big finale. I don't know if we're meant to tease the finale of this chat or well, get we can into zigzag it. if you want. No, nah, well, firstly, before when I... When did you first see her in the flesh? Uh, intimate and live tour in the Palais Theatre. So Kylie released, after Confide, um, an album called Impossible Princess. Now, yeah. the, the true fans listening to the podcast that, right now... Is that did it again? Yes. This yeah. is where Kylie embraced indie. She went cool. She did breathe, did it again, some kind of bliss. Those kind of more yeah. like indie pop yeah, kind of cool. sounding songs. There were guitars all of a sudden in Kylie songs. And I loved it. A lot of critics didn't. A lot of people didn't. But I loved that album. Yeah. And a little bit of tidbit information here. She The album was called Impossible Princess. And then Princess Di died, the people's princess. And so they had to re-change <laughs> the album name in the UK because people were like, no one's going to buy wow. this. So they... Creatively called it Kylie. Good stuff. <laughs> so that happened. And that album. Okay, guys, this is yeah. going to be a long brainstorm and we're going to get through it. We can call it Kylie. Rest of the day off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To so, the pub. So that that album is my still my favorite. I think it's a lot of weirdo Darhoud's favorite. Okay. Because she just did what she wants. She actually wrote heaps of songs on that album and they're good. She did the Impossible Princess tour, which is the first time I saw her. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Yeah. You know, proper connection. So talk about this first time you saw it. Uh, I trained it in because I didn't... No, I want to go back even further. How did you get the tickets? Yes, so me and my cousin Bree lined up. Yeah. 
uh, at Greensboro Plaza Ticket Tech. Now, this was a time where Kylie was so still so big that there were lines to get tickets for her that would go yep. for blocks. Yep. On on the so we went down and at like two three o'clock in the morning, already a bunch of people in the line. I remember there was a guy. It was right when the internet started to become what it was, and there was a guy that ran a blog. A Kylie blog. Yeah, excellent. That all the Kylie fans read and secretly were completely involved in, but wouldn't tell each other. It was weird. And there was little forums and people could discuss their yeah. favorite songs. And what little... kind of year are we talking? Like, this would be early 2000s? Uh, no, nah, before 2000. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like late 90s. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and so me and my cousin Bree took the train into the city and then a tram out to St. Kilda. And I secretly saw a Kylie concert. Without like my parents knowing and stuff. Was um, cousin Bree? Yeah. Like with she... me in the obsession. But so... no, I'm talking about. Did she know about you? And, no. Like, had you come out to your family? No. And this sort of stuff. No. no. I didn't officially come out till I was 22. Wow. Okay. And right. all this period is like 16, 17 yeah, yeah, kind of right, time. Right. So yeah, no. Okay, because sometimes there's that one cool cousin. Oh, of course, like, that knows already. Older than you. I mean, she's not dumb. So the fact that she was on a secret adventure to a Kylie concert with her cousin, sixteen-year-old male cousin. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think yeah. she might you have know, joined the dots. Uh, yes, I don't think uh, she thought I was going there to get some puss. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so I saw that concert twice. I've seen. I go to most Kylie shows more than once. So if you add up all her tours, I was thinking about it driving to your place today. Yeah. Uh, we're in the twenties. Yeah. Okay. So I've cool. seen Kylie live over like easily over twenty times. Over and the so years. What was the moment like when you first saw her? Well, it's like, kind of like. How, you, was yeah. it? Oh my god! Like, was she tiny off in the distance? Well, she's tiny. She's tiny everywhere. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, it's just that thing of anyone listening who's obsessed with the band knows it's just like these songs that are yours. Yeah, because they're yours. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're surrounded by all these other people, and it's theirs as well. Mm. That's a cool feeling. Mm. And not only that, but this is where I think it links into the gay thing, especially the amount of gay men at her concert. The amount of women and gay women and even just like even looking back now, there were guys dressed as Kylie. But even back then, I wasn't even linking how ahead that was for yeah. me about in terms of like, I wasn't, yeah. I hadn't seen that before anywhere. So it was drag queens and all that sort of stuff. And it was the best. Glitter falling yeah. from the sky. Men dressed as Kylie dancing to Kylie. <laughs> Sign me up. So, you know, I didn't have to pretend I was straight. I didn't have to talk in that weird voice I was using all those years to pretend I was straight. G'day, cover. All, all that stuff. Sport, champ. You know, no, I didn't have, I didn't have to do any of that. So yeah, there was yeah. this, like, comfort thing. Yeah. And that's why, as a joke, every now and then I'll tease that I don't enjoy sport. But I'll never tease people that love sport because yeah. I get it. You yeah. get to go and... You're a part of something bigger and you'll mm. let go. A bit of a tribal thing, you know? Yeah. And that's a Kylie concert for me. That's my grand I get final. It. No, I get it. It's I get my it. grand yeah. final. Yeah, 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 absolutely. This is the best podcast that I've ever done in my entire life. Do you know what? I can talk about Kylie guilt-free. <laughs> anyway, so then I entered a radio competition. And I think, I can't remember fully. This was the year 2002, I think. I entered a, I did impressions. <laughs> On Breakfast Radio. <laughs> As someone who has hosted Breakfast Radio, yeah. <laughs> I know how great this would have been to get this call. You're not going to believe who we've got on the line. I've got all of that. Yeah. So they they wanted people to have stupid talents. 
um, and I, I phoned in with my impressions and that was audience voted back in the day where they would take calls to vote yeah. and I won a trip to London to see Kylie live for doing celebrity impressions for doing celebrity impressions for the launch of her body language album which was like a press only can't buy tickets kind of thing who did you do in person <laughs> I, and I'm not time? even I, I genuinely am not lying they I, can't, I can't remember it, it was a bunch classic. of celebs yeah who knows oh who was big back then I do think yeah. I I think one of them was honestly I do think I had a ripper Cornelia Francis, the host of The Weakest Link. Oh, yes. Rest in peace, Cornelia. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I yep. think I did something like that. Just whoever was in the zeitgeist in 2003 yep. or four, know, whatever right. year this was. Oh. Uh, and so that was sick. Got to do that. Yeah, and then it was, and then by that stage, it was cool to like Kylie. It was fine. Once spinning around, kind of dabbled it a little bit. But then, yeah, the Fever album really made it completely (laughs) fine. Everyone was, like, obsessed with it. Everyone was buying that album. People that I didn't even know liked it were buying that single, buying that album. She was everywhere again. She, like, cracked the US finally. I was like, sick! And so from the rooftops, I was shouting that I was a huge Kylie fan. As, and it's like you'd supported the team since day one. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. that guy. Yeah. You weren't there, man. Yeah, exactly. Through the B-sides of 98. <laughs> I was there kind of thing. So that era it became completely fine to like it. And there were straight men that liked her and liked her songs and thought she was hot. So and this kind of coincided with you coming out as well? Uh, a little bit. Like, I don't think it was linked directly. But, yeah, that was me but just growing time, up in yeah. life. Yeah, time-wise. Yeah, yeah. And um, then how did you end up mm-hmm. actually meeting Kylie Minogue. Mm. Have, a, have a sip of water. I want, this, yeah, I want you to get this in one take. Um, it's so like, it's so ridiculous and it makes me laugh so much when I talk about it because it's genuinely a dream come true. Mm. Much like I suppose a 40... You're wearing your 40 jumper. That's why I keep referring. <laughs> you're wearing your bloody West Coast Premier's hoodie. That's why I keep referring to it. Um I was on, it was my first proper radio job on Joy FM. Okay. Australia's leading community gay radio station. Um, Me and my friend James were doing the breakfast radio show two days a week for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's fun, isn't it? Getting up at four, doing a breakfast radio show for bitchy gays. It was the best. Mm. And then she, uh, Kylie, was announcing what album? Aphrodite album. Okay. And of course, you've got to cover this. So the lead single from that was All the Lovers. I don't know if you remember it. Um, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. And but. so I said to one of the guys at Joy, I would, I think we should get try and get Kylie on the phone. Let's try and get Kylie to, on the, like, aiming for the stars. Yeah. And, yeah, and he's yeah. like, you're dreaming. Yes. She's doing three interviews. It's like Hamish and Andy and like two other ones. Yeah. And that's it. <sighs> so I thought, nope. Weirdly, in my gut, I was like, nah, this needs to happen. So I created a, an online bet. Like, I put it out there to the world. And How'd you put it out there? We just said this on air, oh, okay. that if Kylie agreed to call me, I would get a tattoo to mark her call, like yeah. to mark the occasion. And then, obviously, we know how this business works. We got some friends that work at like... No, do the magic. Do the magic. We got some friends that work at like the newspapers and stuff. Word travelled around the city. Well, yes. Well, of course. Of course. And then so we sent them the break and we sent them the promise like, you know, local homo (laughs) promises, promises, gay tattoo for gay icon or whatever it is that we... Whatever it was we came up with. 
Um, and then newspapers picked up on it. Yeah. So like actual proper newspapers, like the Age, not the it. MX. No, no, yeah. no. Like the it's like they did thing. I think the MX jumped on board too. Good on them. Thank did. you. Yeah. Uh, and it became a little thing. Like will Kylie call this gay radio station that supports her and blah blah blah. Beautiful. A complete manipulation of the situation. And then one day, a few days. Uh, a couple of weeks later, this guy from Joy calls and was like, oh, you're never going to believe this. Uh, her people have seen it. Okay. It's gotten into her PR team or whatever. Are we, is this social media era? This is just before Twitter and that. So yeah, okay. I remember Korea, I think, and I'm not, no word of a lie, I think I made my Twitter account for this oh. to start this little campaign, not knowing how Twitter worked, thinking that, I've got three followers. This will work. This will go bonkers. YouTube. Hey, you got to be in it to win it. YouTube was still king as well at this point. Uh, And then they got, I get the call saying, oh, it's going to happen. Kylie's going to, you're going to interview Kylie on the phone. Like you're going to have a chat to her about her new album. It's all going to happen. And I was just like, this is just an out of body experience almost right? it's like you hadn't readied yourself for I had this it. like and you'd been sitting around going all right i know yes but then also for other people that when you get your dream job or whenever people people that are listening to us now when something really awesome happens there's also a part of you that's like you know what this is meant to happen yes i was like calm like yeah. before just before you die you get all peaceful and calm <laughs> whatever will be <clears throat> i thought no this is meant to happen man this is gonna be great whatever and then the next day Joy called again and said, oh, we got it wrong. You're actually going to her hotel room. It's going to be in person. It's going to be face-to-face. It's going to be a full in-person interview the day she does the press junket. And I was like, ah. And then I just was like... Yeah. Couldn't talk to me for a whole day. It's terrifying, Yeah, not like emotional or anything. I mean, it was emotional. I just meant this is... What? I'm going to meet her. I'm going to meet Kylie. Sick. Here we go. Didn't prep because I didn't need to. As if I needed prep. (laughs) So then I rocked up to me and another guy from Joy did it with me. And you're like, we go to the hotel room, the Park Hyatt, very fancy. And I was so calm. I woke up on the day. I was like, yep, this needs to happen. It's all good. There was no nerves. I was like, yeah, this is the day. And then we went to the hotel, went into the room, met her people. There's so many little hoops on the day. So you much. know all that yeah. stuff. It just kept the, the getting... The waiting room and then oh. you go, oh my God, we're going in. And the and next, next waiting room. One, and yeah. then they put you in one room while she's finishing another one. So there's two going at once. You so can hear can a sit... bit of laughter through the wall. Yes, you're like, oh, you're she's like, in a good oh, mood. Hamish Nanny making her laugh. I'm yep. not really nervous about it. <laughs> And then, uh, and then she walked in. I don't, re- I genuinely don't remember the first few minutes. It is one of those moments where I remember leaving my body, oh. and I was like floating somewhere at the top, looking down at myself, meeting her, and like shaking her hand, shaking. I, mm. My legs were just—I don't know where they went. I went all red. My voice was all shaky. I think she called me Ethan. I don't care. <laughs> Nothing mattered. Call me whatever you want. And then the interview was fine, and she was really lovely and warm. But then, like, a few minutes in, my guard dropped, and I became the super fan. And then I think she picked up on it oh, in, no. in a really funny way. I think she oh, okay. hit her. She was like, oh, you're She was actually... like, hang on. This is the super fan. Yeah. This is that joy kid about the tattoo. This isn't some guy reading off a press release. Yeah. And then she dropped her 
I think her interview persona a bit, and it was the best. We were That's, just like yeah. gas bagging about shit that she never talks about in interviews. I was talking to her about her tour manager, her set designer. Because you know them because all Because I by know name. them all by yeah. name. Yeah. I was asking if she's still going to use the guy that designed the Blah Blah Fever tour for this tour. All this stuff that, you know, I was asking her about obscure album tracks, all the super fandom just came vomiting out of my mouth and it was the best. She loved it. She wasn't like taken aback. She was just in gay heaven as well that someone that was genuinely into all her nitty gritty stuff was asking her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Had you done many interviews in your life before this? And there was also that, that I haven't really done many of them either. Yeah. And to also though, knowing those moments where the person who you are talking to, it just clicks and the penny drops for them and they go, oh, this is one of the good interviews. Yeah. And they suddenly, like, it's almost like you've done enough in those first couple of minutes to show... That you that, care maybe? Yeah, or that's, or that it's a... different to you. There's yeah. something that's different about this moment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I reckon most of the time, like now, fast forwarding a lot of years and being lucky enough to do a lot of those now yeah. chats for radio and stuff, yeah. I think they can also pick out people that just genuinely do like the job. Mm. So when they're chatting to someone that kind of is up for it and having a good time, I think they pick up on that very quickly. Because also... They're not just there because the TV shows sent them to go and do it. They're there by, you know? Yeah, that moment when both the interviewer and the interviewee realise something special is going on and they just start to sort of... It just... Yeah. It, it, it switches. Yeah. I also think That's a lot magical. Of, yeah. And I also think a lot of the time for someone to be successful, whether it be music or acting or whatever they do, most of the time if someone's really broken through and become a huge star, it's because they're actually very, very good with people. Yes. And can read the room. Yeah. They know how to take control. They know how to like... Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. very rarely... Yep. I reckon most of the time they're there because of that. Yep. Because... I think, yeah. So yeah, she was just an absolute bloody dream. It and was you, just, you don't remember what happened in it? I don't, like, there's audio. Obviously, I know, you've but, heard it back. But, but I haven't listened like, to it. Oh, yeah, I yeah. haven't listened to it in a long time. Honestly, I don't even... I have to find it somewhere. Um, but yeah, we got like 20, 20 minutes, nearly half an hour with her in that room. All right, now that's amazing as well. Yeah, and I think it was all her. Because when she realized who we were, that we were those joys, those homos from joy she just had a ball and it was really really awesome and she touched my leg twice and we hugged like three times and kissed on the cheek twice not that i remember specifically exactly those are the numbers you weren't taking statistics those were the numbers um all of that stuff and it was just this insane amazing interview and then we had to do what i said i would do which is the tattoo so told her about it she was genuinely so stoked she absolutely loved it I don't think you would ever get to any level of fame where you're completely fine with someone getting a tattoo <laughs> of you. There'd be like 1% of you at the very least that goes, don't. Of yeah. course. Like what level of fame do you ever get used to that? And <laughs> she was so funny about it because I remember her saying, look, Kylie is a, it's quite long and Kylie Minogue's ridiculous. Yeah. She was like, let's really think about this. So Kylie went and got a piece of paper and a pen and sat there with me designing the tattoo. So she was oh, like, maybe cool. I could write it like this. Do you want me to write it like that? She was, and so that was a moment I will never forget. So we went with her her infamous K. So she has a K okay. that she's carried through about, well, since Fever. Yep. So for the last 15 or so years. It's the a famous Kylie K. So she got a text her out here and they had one go. So the pressure was on. It's on my forearm. And there she drew that K there. 
Oh, so she drew it onto your she arm. She drew that. Yeah. And then, yeah, went straight to the tattoo parlor and just got it done like an hour later. Okay. And that was it. Wow. Is that so, your only tattoo? Yes. And I think it's going to stay that way, maybe. Yeah. It hurt. It only took like 30 seconds. It's a small K, but still. It, uh, it also <laughs> could go under the radar as just like some fun scribble. Like it's, it's true. Like an elongated yeah. star. If she did go on to be a white supremacist or a mass murderer or something. Just add two more Ks. <laughs> Is that what you were going at? No, no I was going to oh. say you could pass it off and just be like, oh, it's just a scribble and oh, never, never tell anyone yeah, what yeah, it yeah. really is. It's not Hitler. Yeah. Um, and so the, my obsession, my weird obsession with her had this incredible, not finale. No. But something shifted after that day. Something. So how, how's your mindset now? Oh, it's now still... that she's a human. Well, now of that course. she's literally yes. a part of you. Yes. She's definitely inked into me. It's all still there, like the obsession of her albums and her tours and reading the articles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm I totally feel like still you're hooked. A, but you're a bit more like... I'm definitely a bit more... I don't know how to explain that. Such a but something shifted. beautiful journey to go on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, And I'm not being sarcastic no, no, no. here because yeah, that's the kind of thing I would say sarcastically. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's... Um, there's a lot to be said at a Kylie concert. It reminded me very much. I went to see Cher on the weekend. Yeah, okay. And I definitely noticed that a lot of the older gays that were there seemed to have that same visceral connection going on there as a lot of people in my age group have with Kylie. And I think it is, to put it in a sentence, uh, it, she's, she celebrates the very thing we were told we were not allowed to be growing up. Okay. That is the most simple way I can put it. Yeah. So when you're at the concert, when you're listening to her music, you know, there is a lot of femininity, a lot of glitter, a lot of poppy campness that we're told we can't have yeah. when you're a boy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. And, I mean, yep. but you've got to live it to its most. Yeah, you know? it's the best. She's got a new tour coming out. I'll go two times again. But, you know, it's, a, there's, it's, a, it's an unshakable bond. Oh man! Well, thanks so much for coming in and uh, telling me all about it. That was that was the best. Do you feel good? That was the best. I half can an see. Hour yeah, I can life. see in you that you you. It's not that you've unburdened, but it's yep. just you've finally been able to like. Wah. Yeah, yeah, I had to go to bloody forums secretly to normally have these discussions. So <laughs> super stoked. Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBooth is pretty much made entirely by me, Dan DeBooth, except for the music, which is by Caleb Garfinkel, and the artwork, which is by David Ferrier and Joe Kutry.